Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. We are so excited to have you today. Today, we are going to talk about standard operating procedures. I know. It's Isn't so exciting. Isn't that sexy? <laughs> it's so sexy. So, um, one of the things that I think is really interesting about standard operating procedures when I work with clients is, and I'm sure, Carrie, you've had this too, where I have people who kind of look at you and go, what's a standard operating procedure? I have a parent handbook. I have a staff handbook. What? I need something else. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about that something else and why the something else. So, Carrie, you had a great example um, just the other day about um, the military mom. So tell me a little bit about that one. So if you've got a parent or even an employee who um, is in the guard <laughs> or who is going through deployment, how are you handling that? So the one that, that occurred to me was a parent who, um, they're a two-parent household and there is a National Guard deployment. And so that means their spouse is gone, which means they might need more childcare but it also affects um, the income coming in because the army doesn't pay the same way everybody else does. Right, Kate? Well, it really, there's a lot of factors in that, but the biggest thing to remember is that there may be a huge gap in when they were paid from their civilian job to when they will be paid again with the national guard. Yeah. So sometimes that can yeah, be two, four it can weeks. Be as, I've heard as much as a month. Um, that there can be that much of a delay because they were given orders to be ready to go, but then they weren't actually put in the field. Um, so that can be a huge issue. So if that mom asks if she can break her tuition payments up over a little while, or if she can pay less this week, but she'll catch up next week or whatever, if she's make, asking for a payment arrangement and you know the, the dad is deployed or activated, depending on which one it is, then your heart goes out to that person and you want to help them. And so, yes, you're going to make an adjustment in their tuition, but you have to write down what you did and what were the mitigating factors so that the next time a parent asks to pay partial tuition, you can look back and go, okay, is this addressing the same issue? No, the reason they want partial payment is because they had to replace their muffler. Right. So, yeah. So that's, but even. <laughs> so then you're not discriminating because the whole issue is we want to avoid the appearance or the actuality of discriminating against people, whether it's your staff or whether it's your clients. You've got to treat people in the same situation the same way, even if they're annoying. So the other thing you need to think about related to the, the a National Guard or some sort of military activation is you need to think really hard about how you word that in your standard operating procedure because would you do something similar in any sort of job change? Um, whether it was a furlough or they were laid off um, or they, they, they got a new job because again, getting a new job regardless of the new job often has um, a pay lag as far as from when you got the new, when you got one to when you get the new one. So definitely understanding what's, what applies to, um, so a lot of times National Guard families also don't necessarily, you may not know they're a National Guard family. 
Uh, they don't, they're not on a military base. They go to school with your, uh, with your children. And so they don't have this tattooed on their forehead. So uh, you can always ask for a copy of those military orders. Uh, all families have them and that's pretty standard. So uh, that would be something to keep in your SOP and it is not discriminatory. You're just covering so that you know what the, the, the time period is. Uh, sometimes they might be activated for two weeks, 31 days, 45 days, 90 days, or a year. And so yep. it's worth it to, for you to know, because if they were only activated for two weeks, you know. That's and not the same. That's very different, yes. And and again, you can have, this is what I'm going to do if somebody comes to me with this specific issue. And if you don't want to think in the broader, then that's fine. You just know that that's what you're going to do if somebody else comes to you with a spouse or a par- a contributing parent who is deployed. So you can keep it very limited or you can take this opportunity to look at it on the broader scale. Both are fine. That's why we're addressing both of them. You can go either way with that and it's okay. Okay, so let me let, let's jump back real quick just so that when people are listening, if you're not really sure what a, a standard operating procedure book or Google Doc is, It is for you on the way that you operate your business. What is your standard operating procedures? Now, you might have things in there that are going to be completely unrelated to parents as far as parents needing to know. Because you might have an SOP on how the staff request their supplies. You might have a standard operating procedure on how you get groceries, how you buy snacks, Uh, Yep, all of that should be in there. (laughs) (laughs) How you inspect your playground. So these are all things that have no other home, right? So playground inspection and inspection logs, you know, all of that kind of information doesn't necessarily fall into an employee handbook, doesn't necessarily fall into a If you put all that into a handbook, the handbook's going to be 400 pages and nobody's going to remember anything about it. (laughs) But when you're training somebody that now their responsibility is to do the playground checklist, you can Xerox off that SOP or print it out if you're doing it as a Google Doc. I'm old fashioned. I believe in a three inch, three ring notebook that sits (laughs) on a shelf. Um, So I'd Xerox it off and hand it to them as we go through the training of how to do it so that they have something concrete as I'm walking them through it. You should have an SOP about how you're going to notify parents that it's time for their child to go into the potty training group, or as I call them, the potty patrol. How are you going to run potty patrol? When are you going to decide that a child needs to be withdrawn from potty patrol because they were not actually ready. I mean, all of these things should have an SOP. And there's a good chance that things will happen in the course of your running a program that you're going to have to create an SOP or you're going to have to drastically revise an SOP. So one thing, just because it's relevant to where we are at this point in time, it may not be relevant by the time you listen to this podcast, but it's something you might think about on how you handled. And so if you were a program that was forced to um, close doors temporarily, whether it was due to staff illnesses, student illnesses, you had a staff, maybe you had a staff person or a parent who had TB. So there's all kinds of different reasons um, that your program might have had to be shut for a week or two or even a couple of days. 
What does or maybe, that do? I don't know, a global pandemic that might have affected <laughs> some of your programs. I don't know. But you might need to make sure you have an SOP for business closure and tuition. Yep. Business closure and, uh, you know, if it's one day, one week, a month or more, you know, what is your policy? What is your policy now? And, and maybe you need to go change it. <laughs> and that is something that may have already been, for example, that might have been something in a parent handbook um, that now needs to be um, reviewed in your parent handbook. And and you also, on that specific issue, because there's other reasons why you would have a business disruption, you may be in an area that had a natural disaster and you need to move from your current building to another building because there's been a hurricane, a tornado, a tsunami, a wildfire, a chemical spill. I don't know. <laughs> there's been some sort of natural disaster and you need to temporarily relocate. And what are the steps that you're going to need to go through to do that? If you don't know what they are, figure it out now and write up an SOP so that it's not such a shock when you have to do it. It's not, oh my Lord, the sky is falling because you've already thought it through and you know, okay, the first step I have to do is figure out what are my essential items. Oh, here's a list that I created. Wasn't I smart? I created a list in the SOP of what the essential items are. Next, I have to call the different places that might have space that we can use on a temporary basis while our building is being restored. And oh, look, wasn't I smart? I already gave myself the first three places to contact. <laughs> and then I have to call licensing. And, you know, what are all of the steps? So part of what having a standard operating procedure book is, is when you wake up in the middle of the night going, oh, my God, what if this happens to me? <laughs> <laughs> then instead of just obsessing about what if this happens to me, you can take you have a place to put that thought and to come up with the plan of action that goes with that thought. Oh my gosh, what if, you know, something like Katrina happens in my area? I'm on a coast, that could happen. Okay, stop, don't obsess about it. Instead, come up with what is the plan? What would you do if that happened? Well, yeah, you know, what's really interesting is we can look at that in a bunch of different scenarios. And, you know, what if you break your leg as the director? What if a teacher <laughs> does something? Uh, dislocate an elbow, a shoulder, uh, you know, you cough up a lung and all of a sudden you have a collapsed lung and you have to be in bed for six weeks. I mean, hey. all, of, <laughs> all of these are things. Yeah, so some of those were based on mine and Carrie's real life experiences. And so... What if you break your arm in the middle of a day and you don't realize you've broken it for several hours? Yeah, so, you know... <laughs> This also doesn't have to be something you have to do. So um, if you haven't listened to, I think it's like podcast number one, which is on delegating. If you have not listened to podcast number one, go back and listen to it. So standard operating procedures and writing them up doesn't have to be all you. And you may have some staff who view things very differently. And so this helps them calm down. This helps them figure out how they would deal with um, a situation that they were unprepared for. Also, if you're a person who doesn't like writing, but can talk like Kate and I obviously can't, you can do dictation on your phone or on your computer and you can then have it trans, uh, transcribed for like very little money. And then it's not that big boogeyman of, oh my gosh, I have to write all this down. You can say it into your smartphone and a computer will turn it into words. And you also don't have to do 
everything all at once. So SOPs, like I love Carrie's, um, I'm also a paper person and I love the daunting three inch binder, even if I've only got a couple of pieces of paper in there to begin with. And so obviously, where do you start? So you're going to start by literally just putting in copies of your employee handbook and your parent handbook because you have them there. I would start immediately thinking about how do you order things? How do you request pest control? How do you, you know, how do you get a hold of licensing? When do you, when do you call healthcare? How does staff ask for days off? How do you decide who gets the days off? Absolutely. Those are, those are procedures you've already got. It's just writing it down because if you get hit by a bus, who's going to know how to do it? Yeah. And, and, they don't have to start in any order. You can just do them as you get to them. And that's why I said some of this might be really easy to have an employee help you with. So whatever employee already helps you do some ordering or receiving. So you've got the how do you order supplies, but also how do you receive supplies? So yep, these are all, yeah. So these are all things to think about when you're creating your standard operating procedure. You don't necessarily have to do it all at once. It probably and it will be a living document. All of your handbooks, all of your operating procedures, all of that is a living document because it's going to change because yeah. that's going to happen. And so like if your cook has been out for three days and they come back and they grouse at you because the kitchen is no longer laid out the way they like because people put the plates in the wrong cupboard, then say, you know what, we should really write down how you like that so that when somebody has to fill in because you have you know, a flu, then we're running the kitchen the way you want it. So that way you're delegating and you're validating your employees' concerns and you're showing that you see them as an expert and you're getting stuff for your binder. All kinds of wins. All kinds of wins. And all I keep thinking of is NCIS and Abby Shudo's Abby's Lab Notebook. And so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I guess that's just there for my own entertainment value, but I just, that's all I can think about at that point when you said that. Um, <laughs> so, so yes, whether it's, whether it's the kitchen that goes the same with, if you have a vehicle. So if you have a vehicle, um, whoever drives the vehicle, what's in the car with those vehicles, each kid, again, what's the loading, what's the unloading, what do you take field trips or getting ready for summer camp? Um, please don't allow yourself to be one of those people you hear about on television um, because you forgot a kid on a playground. Uh, so make sure you have standard operating procedures for all of those um, activities. For getting into and out of a classroom and into and out of a hallway, into and out of a playground. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and obviously, if you're going on a field trip. But so even though I hate news stories that are um, about our industry, the one thing about them is that it does give you an opportunity to go, oops, do I have that in my handbook? Do I have that in my standard operating procedure? Do we need to have a staff training? So um, keep that in mind. So your standard operating procedure is also a great place to do uh, to come up with ideas for standard um, trainings every year. So a yep. lot of times we have directors who really don't know what to train their staff on. Well, do your staff know everything in the staff, uh, in the standard operating procedures? Because if they don't, this is a great opportunity for them to all understand something simple. Like, is there a standard operating procedure for how the dishes need to be cleaned in your kitchen? I mean, again, not just where they go, but how they're cleaned, you know, how you cook the food, what utensils you use. Something Chris's um, job does that I think is really cool 
is that they have a Thursday afternoon once a month where any staff member can come and share something that they know how to do. And they sort of do it as a, a teachable activity. So my husband makes the best brisket. I will put him up against any, I'll put him up against Franklin's. I'll put him up against whatever brisket. Um, if you're not from Texas, brisket is the best kind of barbecue. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so Chris's brisket is amazing. And so he did one of those Thursdays. So he had an hour to teach other people how to make brisket. Um, and several people have told me unsolicited by my husband when I've met them in social gatherings, his was the best teach back we've ever had. <laughs> um, but you can do something like that with your staff on these SOPs. The staff person who put together the SOP on how to set up potty time, having that person teach about potty time is a great thing to do in a staff meeting. Oh, I love they wrote the backs. SOP. Yeah, I mean, I love teachbacks for staff meetings. And what's great is that teachbacks don't have to be, and you used a great one, brisket, because he is not in an industry where brisket is an applicable uh, continuing no. education unit. No, uh, he's however, a software developer. <laughs> <laughs> however, it's great for morale. So um, right now would be an awesome opportunity, and it doesn't matter when you listen to this podcast, um, but I'm pretty sure that whenever you listen to this podcast, that is going to be a good time for you to start uh, coming up with trainings that your staff do for each other. And it can be, you know, how to make a bath bomb and why you need to have a, a, a self spa day and... You know, what are things that you can do for yourself when you're at home? Oh, that Wilton cake thing that you and Matthew did. I, I would never voluntarily have learned how to decorate anything. <laughs> um, I just want to eat the buttercream. The fact that other people want to make things out of it strikes me as very odd. <laughs> it was a fun activity, right? right. Um, even though I have never used it again. Um, it was fun to do and it was a good bonding activity. So there's definitely those. So start to think about the things that you have in your standard operating procedures, uh, what makes sense to be in your SOP. And again, if it's in your handbook, there ought to be an SOP for it. But there's a lot of things that there should be SOPs for that are not in your handbook. So again, if you're not really sure that you've covered everything, feel free to give us a, a shout out, whether it's on social media or send us an email um, and we'll be happy to kind of review your SOPs and figure out maybe if you've got some holes. Yep. So have a great time with this and don't obsess about it. This is one of those things that's never going to be finished. And that's the way it's supposed to be. It's kind of like, you know, cellular regeneration. It's never going to be over. You just have to keep letting it happen. You're just going to have to add stuff to the SOP. And that's a good thing. That means your program is growing and developing. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.